All right. How are you guys feeling, though? Feeling loose, feeling limber. <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> Anthony woke up in the morning just feeling like a bag of trash. <laughs> <laughs> For the past four days. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm sorry. I didn't know there was a squeaky toy around. I moved a little. <laughs> <laughs> that one was a little weird, wasn't it? <laughs> Wrapped himself up in a blanket and just squeezed it out. <laughs> just wring the coughs out of yourself real quick. Cool. So we are on episode, I don't know, 42 maybe. One this, is, this is Anthony's intro if he wants it. If he can survive. Uh, Anthony tried to call into work today, y'all, but uh, we didn't let him because we're horrible bosses. <laughs> horrible bosses. I'm going to do the intro as like a sick cokery, like, please help the forest. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the A4 No B4 Yes podcast. It is your favorite host and co-hosts, and we are here to deliver an awesome Zelda-themed episode. Today, we will be covering the Great Deku Tree, and Kokiri Forest, and the Lost Woods, and hopefully turn into a style kid. My name is Anthony, and I have my two co-hosts. My name is Ryan Fonzi, and I'm that obligation that you kind of don't want to do, but that's why it's an obligation. <laughs> and I'm Cameron Hagee, a bottle of whiskey that's been aging for 30 years. Oh, how sweet mm. are you? It's getting there. It's getting there, okay. <laughs> that's what I am. Yikes. All right, guys, so Lost Woods. No, we actually, before we... uh started this season we we wrote out a schedule in one of our episodes so this episode in fact uh was scheduled to be the master sword and the hylian shield um but of course uh we we had some clues from some of our adventures earlier about where the master sword would be but um if you've ever played a link to the past you have a good idea um that if there is a lost woods the master sword has a high chance of being there because it wasn't in the temple of time uh, which, you know, was like one of the first places we went to. And, um, so like in, in this game, the actual location of the master sword is kind of a mystery. The first time you play it, um, until you come across this location on the map, this time we all knew where we were going. So I don't think we had any issues finding it. It's like one of those things where I remember it was, uh, it was kind of a surprise. Like it was kind of like you'd walk into this zone and suddenly everything went dark and you suddenly like loaded up a non overworld area um and you were in the lost woods just you uh, were in the spooky yeah right right next to like the entryway towards death mountain in fact it's just like this little patch of woods off to the side 
You also can't enter this area from any other entrance. If you try to, the fog will just you back to wherever you kind of jump from. So does that. You got one entrance. You got to go in there and you immediately spooky. There's fog everywhere. The music gets creepy. There's giant trees that are looking at you and all mangled and tangled everywhere. Yeah. And if I remember right, um, like this is where a lot of people will cite uh, frame rate issues on the Switch. Well, I guess on the Wii U too, but I, I never really notice when I have frame drops. I know it does happen, but I just... It's like selective perception. <laughs> no, honestly, this area is pretty good. This area is fine. It's when you get inside where the master sword is oh. that there starts to be some some issues. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But I heard I heard the fog was a big part of that problem. Yeah, the lighting and the fog, how it reacts in the actual interior, we'll be getting to is like for some reason the switch just can't. Okay, so getting through this area, um, I have a. I have a method that works and I know it works. It's kind of a trick. I don't know if the game actually teaches you anything about this. Um, but I'm kind of curious if we all did the same thing or if we all know the same thing. Um, what, what's your guys's method for getting through the lost woods? Run aimlessly. <laughs> Run aimlessly until this, you fall this, out. This is untrue. Uh, so I, I believe the, the first section you're looking for just torches. Right. So whatever's the torch I see, I go towards it. They're not always the right one, but eventually you find the one you're supposed to go to and you get to the next area where it gives you a torch and you use the torch on the two uh, lanterns that are right there on whichever one you want. And then you point it up and the wind will blow in a direction and you'll see the embers flying off of the flame and that's the way you go. And then we have to stop occasionally and put your torch back up to watch the embers and make sure you're still going the right way. And you follow that all the way to the actual place. Right. Yeah, that's 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 exactly right. I mean, that's what I do. <laughs> I don't know if there is a I mean, I'm sure you could do a guess and test, um, but I I've think never that's just heard of anyone doing that. How the game I, intends you to do it, right? Yeah, yeah as far it as would as be I know. tough to do guessing because at one point and even as you're running towards what your monitor is like going off as a shrine i know you said you turned your off turn yours off a lot Fonz, but there's a one point in that whole maze where you start going forward from wherever the flame starts telling you and your thing goes off like oh you're going towards the shrine but if you keep going that way you will go back because you kind of have to stop and do a little circle around a patch of it and then keep going sure yeah yeah yeah. that makes so it's it's tricky to try to get through without the gimmick yeah, I don't I don't remember if there was a sign that explained that or if there was just so I know some of the torches that you walk up to when you're going through actually the embers are doing that they're pointing the way you have to go next. So like that's how you can kind of figure out am I walking towards the the correct torch or not by looking at the torch you just made it to and seeing which way it's pointing. Uh. And I think that's where I got the idea the first time I played to like just hold the torch and see what it did. Um, or maybe like I stopped and it like showed me towards the next torch and I was like, oh, it's directing me or something. But um, but yeah, fun little fun little trick, fun little like puzzle element there. Um, yeah, there was a. I, I don't remember how I did it the first time. <laughs> right. There was Figured a theory so that I ago. saw on Reddit. So take it for a grain of salt. It's Reddit, and I haven't tested it, but. They said the trees that have the open mouths that you sometimes have treasure chests in them. Once you get to the torch part, you should be able to follow the trees that have the, you know, open gaping mouths, and you should be able to wind your way to the right 
pathing to the shrine. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would test it on account of, you know, getting thrown out, but getting lost. Oh, this doesn't throw you all the way back to the beginning. Once you make it to the double torches, it spawns you there instead. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little nice about it. Yeah. But at the end of all that, we make it into the area where the switch just struggles a little bit. Just just a little bit of flame, just a couple flames, just whoop, there they go. Where'd they go? Doesn't matter. I mean, you know, anymore. They're gone. They want to. It happens. But I will say that emulating it on the Steam Deck, I'm running it at 40 FPS, whereas I'm pretty sure the Switch is running at 30. And I only had drops down to 37. And that's actually like a pretty regular drop for when stuff starts happening, like fires on the ground, and you just got an updraft from a bunch of grass, and there's a couple enemies, and one of them's firing something, and one of them's swinging, and one of them's kicking you, and one of them's taunting you, and Link's doing something, and the game is just for a second like, so it always has that little, that little, and then a bomb goes off and breaks your game. Yeah, (laughs) you got a a moblin in the corner crocheting a sweater. (laughs) It's got to render all the stitches. You know, there's a poker game going on between some keys behind that. It's keeping track of all the chip counts, you know, <laughs> and engine's got a lot to do. It's got so much to do. There's the physics in those chips, too. What if the air blows and one of those chips fall, man? You got to have that. What if one of them catches on fire and it's got to calculate how long the other ones need to keep? Oh, geez, then, then they all turn into fire keys and attack you because you just ruined their game. Yikes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, so the area struggles just a bit, but we do get a cutscene that just zooms in on the master sword because, uh, there it is. Uh, there's plenty of things to get distracted with around this area. Um, uh, namely Hetsu is here, uh, just off to the side of the master sword and you can go talk to him and exchange some seeds for some, uh, inventory slots. He's pretty ecstatic to see you there since we've been helping him find his way home this whole time. Uh, but yeah, he's quick, um, quick question. Yeah, Which yeah, one? Okay. Do we all prioritize weapon storages? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because I, I always tend to have, like, full-on shields and bows, and none of them are ex- especially unique. But the weapons are, like, all the, the usefulness. The lifeblood of, yeah. of combat. And, and utility. Like, if you want to hold a torch or a Korok leaf or anything that's really not great for combat, you need more weapon slots to do that. If they had, like, a tool slot... <laughs> That, that I nah. mean, maybe it would compete with the weapon slot, but because it's all one thing, it's you know. This has been my algorithm so far: two weapons, one bow; two weapons, one shield; two weapons, one bow. That's been my algorithm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For me, it usually goes one of each all the way up until three. So I'll go one weapon, one bow, one shield, one weapon, one bow, one shield, and then I'll just do like four weapons in a row. And then do one more of the bow and yeah. shield, and then do like two or three more weapons. And eventually, once I get up to a lot of weapons, and it's like, oh, you need like twenty core oxides for one upgrade, and I'm like, ooh. Then I just go back and get the other ones up there. Yeah, I'm at a point where I go back to Hestu, and I'm like, I'll do one weapon upgrade, please, and they'll normally drain me, except for all you know, but like three seeds, and I'm like, all right, what else can I afford? <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those situations. Um, but yeah, weapons always get prioritized. Um, but okay. So we talked to has, has to, there's a couple other things we could see. I mean, if you, I mean, we could save some of these characters for after, cause there's a whole forest of Koroks here. Um, 
but you don't necessarily know that off the bat. Uh, once you go up to the Master Sword, you get a cutscene where the Deku Tree talks to you, and you might not have even known he was there because he's kind of up through the canopy just a little bit. He's a big boy. Yeah, he's he's a tall boy. <laughs> he he interrupts you and to tell you about the sword and to you know he introduces himself like I'm the Deku Tree. That's what I've been known as. Um, I've been lived like a bajillion years. You can tell because I'm so huge. And I'm a tree. Uh, which, you know, goes to imply, like, okay, which Deku tree is this? We could talk about that. But, I mean, they're they're not necessarily the same character as the other Deku trees we've met in our travels. Uh, but, you know, he, he goes on to share that, you know, you see the sword in front of you, and it's actually the sword that you wielded 100 years ago, because he remembers that. Um, and he... He says, uh, like, not only are you the final hope and fate of Hyrule, like, the fate of Hyrule rests with you, um, but also, uh, let me tell you about the sword, right? So he tells you that it was created by the goddess way back in the, like, beginning of time or whatever. Um, and that you have to pass a test in order to possess it again. And it's like, if you're not at full strength, you could die. Um, and as he's explaining this, a couple of Koroks, like, reenact the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um... I probably should have mentioned, I'm pretty sure when the Deku Tree starts talking to you is when all the Koroks kind of pop out of nowhere to basically be like, oh yeah, we're here too. Um, I think the Deku Tree might even say like, hey, guys, come on out. Like, <laughs> like you don't got to be afraid of this guy or something like that. Yeah, they were actually hiding before that too. You could see them and if you walk over towards them, they would just pop away. Yeah. So when the Deku Tree explains the challenge, you see a couple of Koroks reenact the challenge. And like one of them tries to pull a stick out of the ground and straight up falls over. <laughs> yeah, it does the dramatic clutches his heart and then uh, <laughs> falls back. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and so uh, you get this whole memory and like, well, I think the memory comes later. Sorry. So he, he, tell, he explains this challenge. Um, so you want to go in with full hearts. Like it has to be actual hearts. Like you can't, you can't basically, you, there's no fake in it here. You can't go in with like yellow, yellow food. hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Stamina doesn't matter at all. Um, and the game doesn't tell you how strong you actually need to be. But if you try once without enough strength, it they'll stop you right before you, you kick the bucket. And he's like, yeah, okay. I'm going to stop you right there. Like this isn't going to go well. But if you do it again after that and you don't have enough hearts, you'll just straight up die. So it's kind of a it's kind of a gamble if you don't know that you need thirteen hearts to pull the master sword without dying. <laughs> um, this is kind of a reference to uh, the Legend of Zelda, the first game, because in that game you need twelve hearts to get the master sword, and I I think in that game it's not even called the master sword. I think it's called like the no. magic sword or something like that, the gilded it, or something. There's there was the magic sword and I think the white sword. I think were the two. Yeah in that game, but I don't remember which one was the, the tops and which one was the, you know, the midway sword. I, uh, I misremembered this and I, I went through and I did the, I think I had seven or eight and I did it and he stopped me and I was like, yeah, I knew that happened. I need nine, right? <laughs> so <laughs> oh, I, went got, no. I went and got one more. I came back and he's like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. I guess it, it must be 13 then because that was the other number I had in my head. Where I was like, I thought it was nine. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And so I had exactly <laughs> enough stamina to use that amazing statue outside of Hatino Village, which also has some, it's just an interesting character 
to exchange oh, yeah. my stamina for hearts. If you want to explain yeah. the curse statue, you can go ahead and do it. I mean, this is when most people would use him. So the curse statue is right outside of Vitino Village. It's like when you're heading over to, your, to the housing complex, there's a little offshoot ramp that's coming down on the right as you're going that way. And you head down there and you see this like statue slightly buried in the ground, tilted to the side. And it kind of looks kind of demonic looking, scary claws. It's got like graffiti on it or something or like like a face mask or something. It's got like some weird accoutrement. Like it's not just a... It's like it looks kind of like it was a goddess statue, but then it had like stuff like it was messed with or something. It has oh, I don't know. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, it has horns. I didn't really pay that much attention to it. Um, And he says that, well, he doesn't really explain anything at first. He's like, hey, uh, you want to give me some of your life essence or something? He just straight up asks you and you're like, "Uh, okay." And it's just like a little bubble comes out of you and you lose a heart and it goes into the statue. And then he's like, "Okay, bye. (laughs) <laughs> and then at this point it takes you out of the conversation and you could be like huh that was weird and leave if you want to but I don't think anyone's doing that because you just lost a heart so you talk to him and, and the first option is give me that back it's like hey you took that and he's like oh yeah here sure and he gives it back to you and then you're like standing there what and so he goes into it uh, yeah I was imprisoned in this statue not many people can really talk to me or hear me or anything so this is just kind of weird but we could have a relationship here like money and rupees are the same thing to me or not money Rupees and life essence are the same thing to me, so I can exchange those. I will purchase a life essence from you of either of your choosing between the hearts and the stamina, and then he pays you 100 for it, like you're selling it to him. And then in order to buy it back in whichever form you want, you pay 120. So each time the transaction costs 20 rupees, but you need at least 120 to initiate it and complete it. Gotcha. Yeah, so and so I use him a lot of times, <laughs> probably right. over the whole thing. Twelve. Yeah, the first the first time I played this game, I I prioritized stamina so hard that I had to go do that. I had to do a mass exchange in order to get my enough hearts to to go do the thing. Um, I had this, exactly enough. Yeah, this time I um I uh because I've been playing some extra streams worth of this game, I actually had all thirteen hearts plus all the stamina I needed at the time. So. Um, I, I just kind of came in prepared knowing what I was getting into. So less eventful of a story. I'm looking at the horn statue right now, uh, just because, and I, there's like some nice comparison shots of like the horn statue versus a regular Hylian statue or a statue of Hylia. Um, and it's like, it's like it's kind of it's more hunched over instead of having like wings out to the side the wings are kind of pointed up more and then there's two horns coming off the head and it's got like kind of a different face than a normal hylian statue so it kind of just it's like a weird like a almost like a spoof version of the hylians of like the highest the statues that we go to pray to um like it looks like it was kind of based off the same thing but it's like it's made to look like this is this is purposefully off as if it was made to like either mock or, um, you know, be the demon form. I don't know where this came from, but in the wiki for the horn statue, it says he was the horn statue explains that he was once a person who made bargains by trading people's life essence or soul essence. And the goddess Hylia had disapproved of his heinous dealings and smited him by trapping him inside the horn statue. 
So essentially, oh. he's in there. And I guess he was around during Goddess of Hylia's time. Interesting. Which would... So that's what Groose did after the Sky Resort ended. <laughs> that's what Groose did. <laughs> I, see some, I see some images of, um, of our friend Betro. So it kind of does look similar to Betro a little bit, but... Like Poor you know, st- statue version. I don't think it was. Vitro turned into a human. I don't think he ever treated yeah. like that since he was dealing with gratitude crystals. <laughs> we already know. Yeah, he's, he's dealing with gratitude. That's <laughs> a different different business altogether. Uh so cool. So yeah, so we get our thirteen hearts by whatever nefarious means necessary. And, Dark uh, magic. We can go back and we can pull this master sword, and I think this is where we get a memory. Um, now that we've attained the Master Sword, it shows us uh, kind of where this, or how this sword, rather, got to this location. Um, we, get a, we get a memory of Princess Zelda back in the day. Assume, uh, I mean, we haven't seen like the, the end of the battle or anything, but she's looking pretty tattered, <laughs> I would say, um, wearing her white dress that, we'll find out this later, but you know, she she would take to like do ceremonious things in, um, and it's just like all beat up, and so is the master sword. It's got chips in it. It's looking pretty rough, and she she ends <clears> up putting it in this pedestal and having a conversation with the Deku Tree. But before she does that, when she puts the sword in the pedestal, um, you actually hear her reassuring the sword, which is really interesting. Like she's like putting it away, and she's like, "Don't worry, your master will be back." Um, like basically telling it like things are going to be okay, even if not right now, uh, which I thought was yeah. kind of an interesting detail. But then the mat, or then the Deku tree addresses her as well and just has some questions of like, Oh, like, what are you, you know, like you're placing that here with us. Like you need us to take care of it. Okay. Like, um, trying to remember she, she explains to the Deku tree that she still has more to do. Um, and that she actually heard the sword speak to her. Um, and I, I suppose, I don't know if the sword recommended this location or, <laughs> or what was actually spoken, but I think it has something to do with her neck, the next part of her job. Um, and so the, the lore behind this is all Skyward Sword based. So this would be assumedly Fee with a message from the goddess Hylia to Princess Zelda to basically tell her, hey, like, here's what you need to do. Like, you need to go and face Ganon. Uh, because it, obviously if she's taking the master sword to hide it that means something has happened to link which we know he's probably headed towards the resurrection the shrine <laughs> of resurrection or he's already there um and so this is this is post battle this is post the downfall um uh, and pre Zelda going to take on ganon so this is like what happens right in between uh really cool scene really critical scene i feel like to the to the like story of the game um because it kind of explains a little bit more of like i don't know like we're gonna when eventually we get to our memories episode we're going to see a lot of conflict and a lot of character development that this is going to help tie together um Mm -hmm. or it's going to help like bookend it so i mean this we got to remember about this (laughs) like we have to remember this memory i guess is what i'm trying to say um because it's going to be important uh, later on um, but for now it's just kind of this emotional time because you we have some idea of what must have happened 
um, just based on what we're seeing. So, and I, I'd also like to point out that at the end of this cutscene, she's like, Deku Tree, I want to tell you something to tell Link. Like, I have a message for him. And the Deku Tree says, Oh, I think the message would sound so much better in your beautiful voice. And she's like, Okay. But I just want to <laughs> say that oh, Link is hearing her beautiful mm-hmm. voice through this memory right now. And if she would have just told him and the tree didn't just speak up and be like, Nah, you should wait, then he would be hearing it with her voice right now in this memory. Yeah. It's so, a yeah, freaking tree, man. It's very, it's kind of an interesting point that you bring up because this isn't one of Link's memories. Like this isn't, this isn't a memory that Link is like having reoccur to him, like the other ones that we've seen. No, it's the sword's memory. Yeah, this is a memory that he's being given. Um, I'm yeah, I would imagine the sword must have been the one to record it and give it to him. Uh, it sort of brings a new light to the sword, you know, and it even speaks onto the powers of the sword. Um, like, you know, we saw the sword tattered beyond belief after the battle. And, you know, here it is sitting in this hole for a hundred years. It's completely regenerated. Right. Yeah. So it's just calls back to the power of, is that you fee? Is that you in there? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's kind of funny that right after this memory, and it's like this super deep, it's like this emotional memory of Zelda having like such determination and having gone clearly just gone through something and then link immediately does the swing around finesse thing that he used to do in twilight princess and then shoves it into the sheath to look cool i'm like guy what was that that's completely off tone like everything else about this cutscene has been heavy and you're just gonna be a dork with your sword come on man he's a kid getting a sword he's gotta swing it around yeah, you gotta have that lightheartedness at the end, it right? Just, it just for me, it just it was a major. It was like a speed bump <laughs> in, in the whole scene. Like I was watching, I'm like, oh wow, that's really Link. What are you doing? <laughs> like, what was that? That's not the appropriate reaction to this memory. <laughs> wow, if you're gonna so emotional, I want to just twirl my sword. I mean, if we're gonna talk about reactions, like we can just talk about. Like almost every game, when you're around people, especially in like Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, when you open a treasure chest around people and they're just watching you open this treasure chest and then you turn around, you're like, oh, I got this thing. And you like hold it up with this giant, goofy smile. And it's like, like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. You're going to get judged. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to get judged. They're all looking at you, Link. What are you doing? All the Koroks are looking at you, Link. Why'd you swing your sword like that? I mean, they didn't see the memory, but still, it's like you zoned out for for like two minutes straight, and then just swung your sword around when you came back. <laughs> What's going on, man? You okay? Yeah. Having guardian flashbacks. Yeah. So uh, after this, I mean, we we have our master sword. Uh, I mean, I think. I mean, we'll find out when we get to DLC stuff that the Master Sword is actually not at its full power either. Um, and, but there are things that we can do to help it restore some power, uh, sp- specifically in terms of training ourselves and taking Although, some more challenges. There will be certain areas and enemies in the game that the sword is at full power for. Right. Like it still reacts to evil. Like it's a sword that seals the darkness, you know, like we've known it to be evil Spain and it still kind of takes that role pretty seriously 
Uh, Basically, that. anything that's controlled or directly has like an, any of the essence of Ganon in it, this reacts to. Yeah, yeah, it's which like, includes um, all guardians and the. I think the entire time you're in any of the divine beasts, at least while you're fighting the boss. Yeah, it's kind of like um, Sting in Lord of the Rings. You know, Frodo's sword that he gets. Yeah. Well, it was Bilbo's, I think, and then became Fro- It's okay, actually funny. I just watched. Lore. Let's calm down on that. But like, still... no, I actually just watched the Hobbit, uh, the Hobbit two, actually last night, and I actually saw the scene where he named it Sting. I was like, "That's funny." You just bring that up. Yeah, because of the spider. Because yeah, it it turns blue when when orcs are nearby or whatever. So like, mm-hmm. you know. It doesn't. I don't know that it becomes any more powerful, but it's got an indicator light on it, which is pretty great. Uh, same effect. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, same visual effect. It's cool. So now, uh, so now we're here in the in the Lost Woods, and we can kind of explore. And there, we actually can find. I mean, if you look at the map, first of all, let me just mention this. If you look in the map, you'll see some interestingly named areas of the Lost Woods. Such as uh, Makar Island, uh, Lake Makar. There's Lake Saria and Amido Swamp, which are all just references to other Kokiri. Uh, <laughs> or and and I mean Makar was a was the pretty much the prime Koro from Wind Waker. Uh, we haven't played Wind Waker on the podcast yet, but there is a a, a character in that game that is a pretty important side character named Makar, and that's like half of the you know, things in Lost Woods are named after him. Um, but, I mean, Saria and Mido were both Ocarina of Time characters that you might, you know, remember from season one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just kind of cool that they're doing callbacks to that. I mean, these are, the Koroks are supposed to be forest spirits, which is the same role as the Kokiri were and, you know, previous Koroks. Uh there's a lot of there's a lot of lore, especially if you listen to some other podcasts. A lot of lore about like how people think that that transition was done, but I think that's a better conversation for for Wind Waker because Wind Waker is going to introduce a lot of that stuff, a lot of like over time species change and things like that. So I think we'll save that conversation for another time. But for now, just seeing the references on the map is always fun. <laughs> um. But yeah, in this area, there are a series of Korok trials. And uh, yeah, if if you do them in order, which I don't think there is an official order, so I shouldn't even say that. But if you go to the right one first, I, say, I should say, um, you'll run into Zuki, who is in charge of the first Korok trial. Who And he's the, the only reason I put him this one first is because Zuki is there and he's the one who basically says, hey... There's a series of trials in the forest known as the Korok trials that all Koroks go through. Uh, Like, can a Hylian do it? Who cares? Do you want to do it? (laughs) He just (laughs) offers you the chance to take on these trials. Now, he was this time around playing. It was he was actually the last one I went to because I didn't know that there there was someone to explain what was happening. I just went and did the other trials first on accident. Uh, But. Uh, yeah, he tells was... you that hopefully it'll make you stronger for getting the Master Sword back if you talk to him before you do that. Yeah, which makes sense. Cause maybe even after. Of, the end of each trial, there is a shrine, and there's a shrine in the main forest as well. So throughout the Lost Woods, you can get an entire heart piece or stamina vessel just 
you know, just yeah. in this area. There's four different shrines. So um, this first one, I mean, the thing about it, the, I'm pretty sure they're all blessing shrines. So the real challenge is getting to the shrine in the first place. Yeah, they're all free once you get in the shrine itself. Yeah, yeah. So th- this one, Zuki's challenge, I believe, is a series of obstacles, and they're all kind of um, riddles. Like, there's there's a bit about uh, hungry trees. Like, so you have to find the trees that have either chests in their mouths, or you have to feed a tree a, a, a thing. Like, there's just a bunch you of... You gotta find them with iron in their mouths. Yeah, the trees with first. iron in their mouths first. And then you have to put a rusty shield into another one's mouth. That, because that and then you hungry. have... That's the hungry yeah. tree. And then you have to take a chest all the way across. Well, first you got to get to the island. Then you have to go back and then find the, yeah. the chest in the tree and then take that across the water by, I guess, either chucking it and then going to the other side and pulling it out or by taking the raft. And there is a Korok seed they give you, too. I, I think what's hilarious about this trial is the drama of the trees. Because, like, it starts out simple. Like, oh, yeah, look for the, the trees that, you know, like you're looking for the trees with the iron, but it like it says something weird about like there being hungry trees or like look for the trees that are eating or whatever. And then there's the tree that is hungry that wants the shield. But then like there's a tree that's like, oh, that other tree stole my treasure chest. So you have to go get the treasure chest and bring it back. And you can like open it and get something out of it. Um, I think he calls it he calls him the shield eating tree's brother or something like that. Right. So you know to go back towards where you just came from. Right. So there's like a whole fam- familial relationship between these trees over here. One steals chests and one really likes rusty shields. And this yeah. other one doesn't like either of them by the sound of it. Yeah, there was one that was like, oh, like I used to have this chest, but then somebody stole it and gave it away or something. Like it was just a whole drama. Like, you get to the end and you're like, you got to be kidding me. I got to go all the way back <laughs> and f- figure out what all these other lion trees have been doing. Like it's just, I thought it was fun. By the end of it, I was cracking up. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like they're just every tree is going to have a new like task for me to do um but that one was i thought that one was pretty fun um so yeah solve the puzzle I, we don't have to go step by step entirely but we kind of did on accident so <laughs> um some of the other one there's the there's the tasho and oki it's like a koro trial of i don't know like just adventuring through the forest that one was obnoxious. <laughs> the combat one? No, the stealth one. Oh. Where you have to yeah. basically have to follow like Oki through the woods. And uh, if you get too close to him or make too much noise or what have you, and he sees you, you start completely over because you scare him. Quick story on that one. I scared him within his first five steps the first time, and then I got it the <laughs> second time. <laughs> I I got him. Okay, I think I failed on this one twice, and for dumb reasons. One it was of, the wolf. Uh, no. Okay. I was. I ventured too far away from the path. So like, so I don't think he ever. I mean, I might have gotten seen the first time, and I don't remember why. I think I think I was trying to cut a corner, and I was just waiting for him to come around, and I like walked out the wrong way or something, and he saw me. But the second time, I got him like all the way to the shrine. Um, and he was like, oh yeah, here I go up to the shrine. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna climb over this tree real quick and get over to you. And when I climbed up the tree, I went, I got lost in the fog and I had to start over. <laughs> so the trees are too tall. If you try to climb the tree, you will climb your way right into oblivion and, and end up lost in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So that was that was a learning experience because then I had to do the entire thing over again. <laughs> that was Cue Kristoff's Lost in the Woods song. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Were you just waiting for an opportunity to make that joke this whole episode? Baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I I when I was doing this one, I don't know if I like wrongly like had the wolf like where he was like positioned but he like spooked him and i had to restart he like scared him it was gotcha. i was i'd never seen it before i was like okay i didn't know that was possible did anybody else have the thought man how long is this walk gonna be right before he said halfway there yeah <laughs> yeah every time i've done this we get to the halfway mark and i'm thinking like hopefully it's over soon <laughs> And then, oh, okay. And then there's a wolf in the second half, and you got to kill the wolf and not get seen. Yeah. It's great. Mm -hmm. It's fun stuff. Oh, goodness. So we, uh, that's, you know, number two. And there's one other trial, and it's the combat trial. That's the combat trial. Or the, um, or the cheese trial, because I just run right through it. Oh, yeah, no, me too. Don't even... Because you could fight everything. He gives you like a wooden sword and shield. There's another wooden sword like halfway through it that you can pick up in case you, you know, wasted your first one. Uh, but no, I just, I just. You know that I fought them all in Master Quest mode. Why? Why I did didn't. I ran. Okay. I ran. I didn't even fight one thing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, it's it's just a it's a it's an obstacle course, basically. I hopped a couple fences right off the bat and then just. <laughs> Do some mud jumping. It's all good. <coughs> it's actually funny because there's a lot of fire enemies once you get towards the muddy area and you can just kind of ride airwaves up to get across the mud pretty good. Yeah. Um, a couple times. Yeah. It did that. One of, one of the times I did that at night and I didn't even like plan for it. I was just trying to like make it to the next shore and some fire blob came after me and ended up giving me a lift and I was like, hey, <laughs> <We're done. laughs> thanks for that. And I just got to the end. It's fun. It's a, it's I put a, up the uh, the ice in the yeah. mud. I started with the ice, I think, and then once I got past like a shore, I was, you know, yeah, something like that. Whole whole series of nonsense is all blur. <laughs> I failed it probably three times before I got it. Definitely failed it a couple times. Uh, had some tree popping. That was really interesting because it looked like an open path and I went running towards it and then suddenly a giant tree with a gaping mouth just like slammed into my face out of nowhere that wasn't there. Like I actually watched it load in and stop me. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a fun trial. I think I, I don't think I got lost in the woods. I might have gotten lost in the woods one time too because, you know, I have that bad habit of trying to jump out of the fences in order to make things easier. Uh, the game doesn't like that. So that was uh that was with the Korokdamia though, in case you care about Korok names. I don't have any other Korok names listed, but I know that there's one other one of interest that I'll mention briefly. Aside from these trials that they have all set up, uh for the I guess for the Koroks, but also for you as Link the champion, um, there's actually a Korok who runs an inn. Um, I don't know how long he's been running the inn but he's got a bed of leaves that apparently he prepared for you quite a while ago, just in case you ever showed up. Um, and it's like just this super <laughs> sweet moment of like, 
Oh, Link, like, you know, I I thought maybe you'd be by sometime, so I've been keeping this bed for you. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> such well, a long What time. a nice Korok. Right? Because nobody else is going to stay at that inn. <laughs> like, it's he's not a business. Nah. He's just like a <laughs> random favor. There is a bit, I mean, there's a, there's somebody, that, there's also another Korok there who's like selling mushrooms and stuff too, but um, I don't know who his customer base is. I remember there is there was a Korok that's running a trade business for ice rods and blizzard rods. You talk to him. I don't think I have talked to him. Oh, yeah, I don't know his name, but he will trade you a silver rupee for ice rod and a gold rupee for a blizzard rod. And I actually just so happened to have both, so I gave it to him oh. and he I became rich. So if you ever want to become rich and you hoard ice and blizzard rods, then you know where to go. <laughs> they're not super hard to get either. I mean, as long as you know where there's a, a whiz rope, mm. you just hit them with the arrow. I found them. Tight, and you get it for free. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> True that. Um, I found one that said they had their own trial available to you. They're like, you know, the other trials are nice, but I have one too. It's not official, but you want to do it? And I was like, okay. And they're like, I really like ice rods. I really wish somebody would show me an ice rod. That's the trial. Show me a, oh, you have an ice rod. And then it automatically equipped it to Link, and it was my blizzard rod. He's like, oh, wow, you showed me the blizzard rod. This is great. And he gave me 300 rupees. He said, you passed. <laughs> and I was like, oh. So that's the same Korok Anthony was talking about. Yeah. It was so cute. Yeah. Okay. The unofficial fifth trial or fourth trial. There's actually an unofficial uh, fifth trial. Isn't there a guy up in a tree? Yeah. And he has another trial. Did you guys talk to the dude on the like the top top of the Deku tree? No. Oh, you guys don't know about Riddle Man? I missed, My man. I missed a lot of Koroks. I'm not going to lie. This was like one of the least NPC explored areas for me, which is to great migrate shame because normally oh. I'm talking to everybody. But this time I was like, I just want to do the trials <laughs> and be done. It's my main man, my Riddle Man, Walton. The Riddle Walton. Man. Walton. Yeah, he's got some riddles for you. So basically he'll like ask you a question. Like, uh, I, I don't even know if I remember the questions, but. Basically, he asks you like, "Oh, I, I, I want something that's like red and and round, and then you have to put it, you know, under his feet." And then like one of them was like, "I want something that's armored, but it's grown in a certain like village, a certain place." And so, okay, so like, he, if you take the hint, yeah, like he wants a fortified pumpkin. For your inventory, okay. Yeah, and then so like. I think you get down the list, and I think like the last thing that you need is like something from a Lionel. He's like, I need a piece of like the most ferocious beast in all the land, and then like you give him that, and he, I think he gives you like a few diamonds as a reward. Wow! Yeah, well, Walton's got the man's balling. I got, I got to go back. <laughs> I've tried. I, I have an ice rod in my inventory right now. <laughs> hey, that's it's a hundred rupees. If it's Blizzard, 300. I was trying to keep it for that kid in Hiteno who wants to see all the weapons, but I haven't even started that quest yet, so I don't know why I'm keeping it anymore. <laughs> Goodness. Um, any other Now we're off to get the Hylian no? shield? I, I think that's it. That's all I know of anyways. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember anymore. Cool, cool. So, 
So yeah, no, that's that's pretty much the gist. I mean, uh, the Deku Tree tried to give me the sword trials while I was there. Like, I went off and did one of the core trials and came back, and he was like, oh, by the way, like, if you want to strengthen stuff, there's a whole way to do that. There's a whole cutscene, but that's outside of the scope of this episode. <laughs> we we have one scheduled for that later, so I'm just going to wait till later uh, to talk about the sword trials. But the other thing was the Hylian Shield, because, of course, if we have the Master Sword, we might as well pair it up with its best friend, the Hylian Shield. Uh, which is, you know, the strongest shield in all the land. In Skyward Sword, it was a huge prize that we got right at the end of the game. Uh, in this game, we can get it pretty much whenever we want. Whenever we want to go vent- make that venture, we can uh, we can get it. But yeah. um, it is hidden away in the dungeons of Hyrule Castle. And this is one of those things where I'm sure there's an NPC that talks about knight's gear and stuff like that, but I think the Highland Shield was kind of an Easter egg uh, because it's got like 10 times the durability of any other shield. You can pretty much just do anything you want with it. You can surf on it for days. You can, you know, block guardian shots for a while before anything bad's going to happen. Um, if you lose it, there is like one method of getting a new one. Uh, but again, we have another episode for that kind of thing. Covering it later, Hugh. Yeah. Uh, but this this shield is like the bomb.com. So uh it is like I said, it's hidden away in the dungeon of Hyrule Castle, which is actually like like the jail area of Hyrule Castle. Um if you want is, I can give a speedrun version of how to get there. <laughs> uh I don't know if we need uh, I mean you just you can get into it right from the side of the castle. Yeah, you go from the main bridge, you jump off, and you look for like a piece that's jutting out near the very bottom that has a a mine. That when you're coming from that way, you'll be facing the hole. Yeah, and there's a couple walls to bomb, a couple eyeballs to shoot, a mine cart, and then a doom he knocks, and then that's it. Yeah, there's also a diamond in there, and I think a topaz if you're looking for chests. Huh. No, I. Yeah. Because what I what I did is I went to the west of Hyrule Castle, and there's a there's like a cave entrance. It is on like, the west side. Yeah, there's like one little dead guardian over there. Like not dead, he's he's alive, but he's stuck in the ground. He's like not one of the mobile ones. He's, it's right he's, near the base of a waterfall, right? Yeah, basically a turret of a guardian. Yeah. Um, and there's and you fl- take the minecart. I don't remember if I took the minecart. I think I could just like bomb the wall or something and just walk right in. Like there was, <laughs> there was a very uh, there's like a cave that you can just glide your way into, and I think that's what I ended up doing. Um, it takes you pretty much right into the the dungeonous place, and there's like jail cells kind of lining the walls where they'll have like the Zolfos or Moblins, pretty high level ones too, mm-hmm. um, locked away, and you can release them to fight them if you want. Uh, most of them are not necessary for for this challenge. Um, but some cool things you can find in this area, you can find, um, like actual Hyrule guard gear, like Hyrule, not the gear itself, but like swords and shields, um, which are, are purple. Like they're kind of all Sheikah colored, which is kind of cool. Um, but like, it's like purple and yellow kind of mixed. Like the Royal Claymore. Yeah. Like the Royal Claymore, the Royal, the Royal weaponry. Um, one thing that's really cool about these, uh, and I, I only reason I know this is because I, I watched a, a Zeltic video the other like a week or so ago, 
Um, just recently he posted one up. It was like a hundred lore secrets from Breath of the Wild or something like that. It was really cool. Listen, I'll probably tag it in our show notes because this is um, I didn't know this, but though in the item description of this of the sword, um, I think of like the royal broadsword, not the claymore. It says that it was made as a replica of the master sword, but due to a design flaw, it's much more brittle than the master sword, uh, which is why you know they still break, but they're also really high powered weapons. Mm. Um, and on the weapon itself, uh, I believe in Hylian script, it actually says, um, like high rule power wisdom and courage or something like that, or like the Knights of high rule power wisdom and courage. So mm. it's just like really cool thematic elements to these weapons, um, that you wouldn't know unless you really inspect them. Uh, I have not gotten into item descriptions <laughs> in this game. Uh, but it, my understanding is that it kind of works almost like a dark souls game where you can, you can get a lot more lore by doing that. Learn the story. Yeah. Learn how things are made. Like there are some outfits later that have like special materials that it, like they'll call out that are put into them to make them work the way they do. Um, so just cool stuff like that. But yeah. So you get some of those while you're here. Um, just some really high, high value items, uh, souvenirs basically for what we're doing. Cause we're really here for the shield. Um, but when you walk through this, it's not really a labyrinth. It's pretty straightforward. Um, but there's one room in particular, that's a little bit bigger and you can see the bones of a, of a stall <laughs> in the room. Uh, and there's also a sign in the room, but you probably don't have time to read the sign before you end up in a fight. Um, but the challenge is to take out the Stalnox. Um, when you do, there's a chest in the room that becomes, I don't know if it unlocks or just is available from the beginning. It's just, you're too busy to open it. I don't remember how that all works out. Um, maybe it doesn't appear until you defeat the Stalnox. Yeah, I think it appears afterwards. Gotcha. Uh, but I mean, we can talk about methods for fighting a Stalnox. I don't think we need that. Basically, it's a big old bony enemy. <laughs> it's a big bony he knocks. You shoot him in the eye and hit him with the sword and run away and yeah. rinse and repeat. And then once he gets low, you got to hit him with the sword so that he drops his eye and then hit his eye on the mm -hmm. ground. Yeah, and it's good to get the eye over to a wall because then it, you can just combo it instead of hitting it once and having it pop away from you. Yeah. Because it's a slippery little eyeball. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is. The challenge for me was not letting him regenerate at all. Yeah. Master well, sword, yeah, master or master mode, mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't have that that issue really. I mean, I just did a spin to win on his legs, kind of like I did with the, <laughs> on even tide or whatever. And then, uh, you know, eventually, like he stopped taking damage from that, and I was like, "What is going on?" And then I hit him, and he dropped his eyeball, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I gotta go get that eyeball." <laughs> uh, so you don't even did you get him in one cycle? Did you uh, kill the eyeball before he took it back? No, I, I used the master sword and I the, just wrecked it. The first time I, I did the spin to win, I got him down almost to nothing. And then he like did a, a butt pound. Like he just, you know, jumped up in the air, slammed down and I got hit. And then I think the next time I hit him, he stopped taking damage. And I was like, what's going on? And then the eyeball fell and I was like, all right, great. We got it. So it wasn't a true one cycle. Like we definitely had a little bit of a fight there, but not much. Oh, no, if you don't kill the eyeball fast enough, he, like, straight up gets the eyeball back, <laughs> reforms, and gets, like, a chunk of his health back, and you gotta keep the fight going. Oh, okay, that that didn't happen. Yeah. 
Um, I, I managed to one cycle him too when the eye came out and he didn't reform again. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, so once he's down and we have time to read the sign, uh, it reads, strike down the giant foe to become, uh, to become recognized as a knight of the kingdom. Um, which is uh, a really cool world building thing because what that implies is that this Stalnox has been here uh, since before Hyrule was ever taken over by Calamity Ganon. Uh, and it was used to test knights to see if they could be knights of the kingdom. Like, if you were in training, like, one of your final things would be to fight this Stalnox and earn yourself a Hylian shield, which I'm guessing must have been standard issue back then, but maybe not. <laughs> I think or maybe it was a Henox back in the day, and it, it kind of yeah, expired. Right. Now it's expired. A... <laughs> like, nobody left to feed him, man. <laughs> Castle got overrun. <laughs> well, it, was, it was 100 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Poor man didn't get no food no time, so... Now he's still doing his job, but he's just a little bony. Makes me wonder, did Link actually pass the that trial in that well, sense? Because I don't ever remember him having a shield in any of the prior cutscenes. It's just kind of him and the sword, isn't it? Yeah. But he was Link also was a like... a scrub bag in the day. He was also he was, like <laughs> the head knight, though. So, like, what is that? He was... Nah. Couldn't beat the Enox, man. Plattles everywhere. Plattles. He was never truly ready for combat. He was never a knight of the kingdom. He was just a knight of the princess. That's that's, yeah. that's the truth. That's the hard truth of Link back in the day. <coughs> He's like, I'm not going to go fight a Hinox that's in a box. Are you kidding me? It's like shooting fish <laughs> in a barrel. It's too easy. <laughs> I got bigger things to do. No. So that's uh. So we can get our uh, Hylian shield and we'll look like... Uh, the link from any other game, except for when our sword runs out of energy and has to be put away for a little while. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, best shield in the game. Honestly, like, I mean, these two items kind of really mitigate the whole weapon durability issue. If you, if you have weapon durability issue, like if you run into that problem a lot, um, these two things are a huge help. And I mean, they're iconic. So that's why I kind of wanted to, have a special episode just for the two of them because they're basically side missions in this game. You don't really need either item to beat the game. Um, but it doesn't really feel right to me if you do beat the game without them. <laughs> but, you know. Uh, I, think I feel that way about the Master cool. Sword. Yeah. Not, not really the Hylian Shield. No. But it's nice to have, and it's a 90 durability sword or shield, which like basically blows all the other shields out of the water. Yeah. It's way good. That thing's going to get through like 30 Guardian Blasts before it's like, oh, I'm starting to lose it, boss. I think it could handle even more. It's It handles so much. I remember somebody actually did the math, and even if it's like says 90, which doesn't look that much great, because like the regular metal shields are like, like 40. 30. Yeah. Oh, 30. yeah, 40. So like you'd think, okay, if it's like two of those... Then it only can. Oh no! It's only... way more than two of those. Yeah, those will but... break in like five or six guardian shots, and this thing goes to like thirty or forty. Right, it handles it's considerably a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's like six to eight times as good as the second best shield. Yeah, the dur- mm-hmm. the durability numbers on the shields are really misleading in that regard because I think it it's not a one to one thing. Um, ninety ninety means a lot more than 
a lot, a lot more than forty, not just twice. I like, I like my pot lids. Thank you. I'll just, I'll oh just keep God. going through with my pot lids. I one and one done. Iron, one and done. That's right. Well, a lot of pot lids, but just one. I did, uh, I did that spicy seafood quest on the plateau. Got myself a pot lid. I've been set since. <laughs> <laughs> Reflecting every guardian shot first time since then. No problem. Perfect parry, man. You don't lose any shield durability as long as you perfect parry everything. <laughs> Could never uh, shoot. Could never uh, surf on it, though. <laughs> the pilot. No, he because it would break st- in like st- one mountain, st- half stomp. a mountain. Yeah, you just stomp it. Like he literally does the animation, does the flip steps on it, and it just breaks immediately. <laughs> <laughs> just curb stomp your pilot, and then you fall down the rocky cliff in front of you. Like eh. <laughs> you just eat it the rest of the way. <laughs> that, that's I've killed myself doing that in that game before. My shield says, oh, it's going to break. And I'm like, ah, I probably got a second. Oh, I guess I didn't have a second. And then Link's, oh, ah, oh, going down, hitting. Yeah, exactly. Flipping, hitting again, like Grand, Grand Theft Auto yeah. ragdoll mechanics. And then by the time you hit like the last rock with your head at the very bottom, that's like the last quarter heart you have. Yeah, it's like that movie Zoom where Tim Allen is like running across the desert and trips and just, just slides for like eight miles. <laughs> Mm. oh my gosh that's a, that's a really really specific reference i don't think anyone's gonna get but that i mean that movie is bad let's be real but that scene <laughs> was worth it <laughs> the entire watch is worth it for that just that one scene oh gosh all right so that's our uh that's our story for today guys finished it in less than an hour it looks like so we uh oof, shortest episode ever yeah i don't know if yeah. any other fun story i don't even really have a farm forget about it we don't need it forget about it. i don't have any cooking <laughs> forget about it forget i didn't really it. write a story i guess i mean i told my experiences as we went a little bit with how they went so yeah if you want if you want royal claymores go to the castle yeah royal gear in the <laughs> I think I did get to the Hylian uh, shield like my second time doing it. Like you're talking about, Fawn sounds familiar because I couldn't find the cave I used the first time that I watched in a YouTube video. I was like, oh, go get the Hylian shield. Here's the easiest way to get it. I was like, ooh. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. Yeah, uh, the but second, then the second the time second I tried to find it and I couldn't. And I feel like I got in the way you're talking about because I was up there with strong enemies that I could let out of um, the prison cells and there was good weapons around hanging above fireplaces and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I've. Not, I don't think I've ever figured out that other path you said because the way you described it, I was like, that seems a lot shorter than, than what I had to do. But at the same time, yeah. it wasn't there's, very there's short. Like it wasn't very long at all. Do either way. And there's a very interesting. The minecart has a thing in the back that you can either <laughs> drop a circular bomb to explode and send yourself flying, or you can use stasis on it and smack it a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna trust me. We're gonna learn all about the minecarts next episode. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so yeah uh where are we at okay so yeah this has been our episode of a for no b for yes thank you guys for listening i'm gonna just wrap it up right here um but yeah next time we will be covering goron city and varudania uh goron but i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of a for no b for yes a little bit of a shorter one this time but that is okay if you want to reach out to us you can on our website which will be in the description 
uh, linked there as well as a link to that Zeltic video, as long as I don't forget to put it there. Uh, but yeah, go check that out too. It's a really cool lore wrap up. We'll probably cover some of the things in future episodes, but um, yeah, just really cool stuff to know. Really cool trivia. <laughs> I was going to ask you to do that, and I'm glad you just did it. <laughs> Y'all have a, a, a good few weeks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of A for No, B for Yes. Did you get all that? Every time I get to to uh, the Great Deku Tree, the first thing I do is go see my main man Walton. Every time I pull the sword out, and I'm like, "All right, I uh, talk later, Great Deku Tree. I go see Walton. He lives in your hair." <laughs>